right, good morning, everybody. It is, it has been a while. It's actually been since August 30th that we had a um, podcast update. Today is September 23rd that this month has been flying. It's been so busy. And I do apologize for putting us on a long delay. And um, you know how you want to do something until you have 100% of you invested to do it? That's pretty much where I've been at. And because I've been so busy doing a lot of things, it's been difficult to sit down and collect everything, all my notes, and strategize and put this podcast together. So I welcome you to your episode 13, <clears throat> a very long awaited 13. Good morning, everybody. It is good to connect with you all finally after a long delay. Um, this episode was actually designed for the week of the fair, for Navajo Nation Fair, and we've pretty much surpassed that weeks ago. And then I thought, well, let me do it for the week after the fair. Things just were so busy that it was very difficult to sit down and develop and put my talking points together, finalize them, what have you. But I'd like to start this message off with the ideals of being ready <clears throat> and um, always being ready, you know, being ready for anything, any situation, being ready for your day, most importantly. And many of us are, all of us actually are going into the fall season. So we're coming upon um, fall and then winter. And of course, you know, when we go into a new season, there's always things to get ready for. Um, the house starts getting cooler. It's going to be cold pretty soon. So we should have everything needed in order to get to that point, meaning hauling wood, meaning um, weatherizing your homes. And you as an individual, you know, how do you start your day? And I've always, I've always get asked this question is, you're always busy, you're always ready. How do you get to that point? And it starts off with the most simplest thing. <clears throat> And I hope you're ready for this because all of us need this, no matter what day it is, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, and no matter what we've done the day before. But if there's any advice I should offer you in all in any capacity is to get up and get ready. There's really no need to lay around you know, the Bilagana term or some of the terms that folks use a lot is sleeping in. You know, I'm just tired, so I slept in. Um, I try that, but it just feels like it, it hinders on my whole day and I can't seem to get back in the, in the mode of things and the function of things of, of um, preparing myself for the day. So if there's one word of advice that I want to give you this morning and for this episode 13 is to be ready, get up and get ready, stick to that routine 
that you always have. All of us pretty much probably have a routine, the traditional routines Monday through Friday, and we get ready for work, we get ready for school, we get our families ready, we get our spouses ready. Everyone gets ready for the day because there's things to get done usually Monday through Friday. That's different now, the um, work's different now. Some of us work into the evening, some have graveyard shifts. I could never do such, so hats off to those folks that pull graveyard shifts. Some of us work on the weekends. Some of us never take a time off. There's schooling to get done, there's higher education. There's all sorts of things that you do. You participate in your local community events, you participate as members of certain organizations, nonprofits, what have you. So there's always something going on. But to, to take that all back and come back to the very beginning of that process is to get ready. Even if it's on a day that you have off, like, oh, I'm, I'm off tomorrow, so I'm gonna stay up a little later tonight and tomorrow I'll take my time you know, in the Navajo, in the Navajo way that doesn't exist, you know, in the Navajo way, there's no such thing as a day off. All of us, everybody can relate to this. There's no day offs when you're Navajo, when you're with a Navajo, when you're here on Navajo, when you're Navajo and you're living in an urban area, you never take days off. The Nele Ayod, there's a lot of work. Everyone says that. You know, some people, other folks, they kind of use the terminology, I'm going on vacation. You should go on vacation, is what I get told sometimes too. And I'm like, what is vacation? How do you vacation? What do you do on vacation? Even if I was on vacation, I'd be trying to figure things out of what I need to do once I get back in my environment of work, of what I do. So those days off don't exist, especially if you have animals, you know. You have all of those animals depending on you to, to, to help them. They, they're dependent on you. They exist because of you. You share a love with them. You share the abundance of who we are with them and they're gifted to you and they protect you, they provide for you, they discipline you. You know, growing up, having to feed the sheep every morning, having to feed the sheep every evening, having to feed the horses, having to let out the sheep, having to let the sheep back in, having to feed the dogs every morning, having to get them snacks. Even now, you know, my, my little ones, feeding them every morning, getting them ready, getting them water getting my red healer ready, getting her water, giving her hugs and kisses in the morning before she go, she stays in the house and then she goes out every day. But all of that, there's a process for everything to take care of them. You know, this, this, the week, the, the, the week of, of Navajo Nation Fair, I had to run one of my little ones into the vet and I had to take time to take care of her. You know, I don't have children, but these, I consider them my kids because they depend on me and I have to take care of them and I didn't want her to suffer. So I had to call the vet, get an appointment. I was able to get in. She got in, she got diagnosed, she got medication and she recovered and she's been recovering since the week of the fair. So I'm so thankful that I was able to, to take that, but I had to take time aside 
and take away from enjoying the fair, Zago. But I was thinking like, you know, I could stay here, be here, or I could take care of my little one. And I had to take care of her because I thought, who would want to do that to themselves? So anyway, that process of getting ready, bringing it all back again, I keep, I keep going down these different roads, but bringing it back again, getting ready, even on your day off, you know, you're, you're on a Saturday, you're one of us lucky folks that get to Saturday off every now and then. But what happens when there's nothing planned for that Saturday, you don't have to do anything. Nobody has a schedule, nobody needs you. You don't have to be at work you're free basically on that Saturday. And of course, you know, you think, Oh, I'll just sleep in. I'll take my time. I, I probably won't um, get out of bed until whatever time hot E that just does not exist. And I envy folks that kind of can do that because I have to let the dogs out. I have to get them their snacks. They're ready to snack at five o'clock in the morning, five 30 in the morning. And I'm so thankful that I have them to make sure I stay on track. Even being away on travel, I'm still up at that time. I, I can't seem to sleep in. I can't take the time off. Once my, my, um, you know how you have your natural alarm clock, your eyes open at a certain time. Yeah, that's, um, that's disciplined in me going back to my childhood. You know, you, my, my mom used to always say, get up. She would get, get upset with me. My dad would get upset with me. They would always tell me that I would get spots on my face. If the sun shined on my face and I was still in bed. When I saw other folks with spots on their face, I used to think, wow, they must sleep a lot. But anyway, um, and you don't want that to happen to you. You don't want that to happen to your children and have people talk about you or your children or your, how you raise them. So anyway, um, the best advice that I could offer, if there was one advice I would offer, is to get ready. Always be ready. Um, even on your day off, get ready. Go through your normal routine that you usually do. Um, wash your face, brush your teeth, clean your teeth, um, take a shower, take a bath, whatever you do to get ready. Do that process and don't change it. Don't ever change it because what happens on a day when you decide to take your time and not do anything? What if somebody shows up? What if your mom shows up and she says, hot e? Why are you still in bed? You know, stuff like that. It's embarrassing. I, I've, I've never had that happen to me. And I just feel like that's the number one thing that you should always do as a human is to always be ready. Get up and get ready. Get up and has that, how do, what did, what do they usually say? Hurry up and wait. I go through that all the time and, but I'm ready. At least I'm ready. At least my I'm washed up, my hair's fixed, and I have lotion on, and I'm ready to go. And I'm not gonna run around trying to put myself together. I, of course, I would have to, you know, get dressed, put jewelry on, and figure all that out. But at least I'm ready, you know. And I and I think that, and I'm and I and so what happens after you get ready? Well, you get ready. There's nothing to do. 
pretty much at that point, you have an idea as to what needs to happen next. Clean the house, you know, vacuum the carpets, take the rugs out, sweep the floors, prepare breakfast, whatever you have to do to stay busy. You know, because the other thing I was just talking about earlier is we have work. We have work in all capacities, whether it's at work and whether it's at home. And just to kind of give you a background of what what it looks like, in my case, I have work. Usually works eight hours a day, nine hours a day, but that work comes back because I still have things I got to respond to, whether it's an email, whether it's a correspondence. And then I also have school, so I have to take care of that. And that's also part of my day. That's a couple hours. Um, I've been reading. I've been reading the... Um, the novel, um, the book that's coming out, the movie Killers of the Flower Moon. And I um, I also make jewelry. So I take time aside to do that, whether it's actually working with the heat or whether it's like laying out designs um, or sketching out some possible designs that I plan to do. And then, of course, taking care of the animals and taking care of my parents. So sometimes running out there and doing things for them and coming back. And um, it's been summer, so of course, cleaning outside of the house and then coming back in and picking up after myself inside the house, doing laundry. Um, and of course, planning, planning and processing everything. So it actually doesn't slow down until like nine or 10 o'clock at night. I'm not a big person to watch TV either, so I play the TV in the background just so it's there. But um, if there's like a show that I'm really into, then it takes away from my productivity. <clears throat> so I try to avoid that as much as I can. But um, work exists in all capacities. And I just can't seem to afford to take the time to take to get away from doing anything. I mean, just as I'm recording this, I'm already thinking like, okay, I got to run to the dry cleaners. I got to go meet my parents. I got to run to Home Depot and I got to get things ready. So I, I'm always constantly on the roll when it comes to planning and processing and, and being ready. So if there's one thing that I that I share with you today is um, get up and get ready. Um, Auto bit bit mean remember we talked about this back on episode probably like one, two, three, four. Bit meaning the ideals of laziness and poverty and sleepiness. And you want to avoid those things because in the Navajo way, those are considered the nalie meaning the monsters, and those things um, hinder upon us. And they put us in a, in a place where we get comfortable. And you know how some people say too, like, um, um, they, they usually refer to that, that you're sleeping too much because your spouse is keeping you in bed. There's someone keeping you in bed. Yeah, it's kind of scary, right? and you get comfortable it's warm it's it's cozy as they say in the bilagana way but um we're hard workers by nature and it's it's takes away from us 
and who we are and what our days can look like and what we can accomplish as human beings. There's so many things you could do out there that can drive your day, better investments into your job, better investments into yourself as a person. So I just wanted to share that with you um, real quickly um, and the advice of always being ready. So in the next part of everything here, um, as I said, this was dedicated to the Navajo Nation Fair, and it's been a while, so I didn't get to finalize this or post this or share my updates for the fair, but um, I'm pretty much going to take us back to the fair. So Navajo Nation Fair happened the week after Memorial Day. And it ran into that whole, the weekend and the following weekend. And it was such a great time, um, like every fair. But um, as you notice that week, it was the 5th, uh, September 5th, all the way to the 10th was like the main week. And um, that week before, I saw the first parade spot get marked in Winderock. And that was on August 28th is when I saw somebody putting their caution tape up for the parade. And mind you, the parade started until September 9th was the parade. So that's about two weeks before the, the parade. And I just kept thinking like, um, this is going to get worse now. People are going to start marking their spots. So all of these temporary home sites started to get claimed along the, the highway here in, in Winderock. And I, I kept thinking, like, everyone's cleaning those spots. They're pulling the weeds, which is good. You know, thank you for doing that. And I, and I hope we do that at home, too. You know, I'm one of those people that think that way. But um, <clears throat> there was a lot of investment into marking your spot. And as the days came, were coming towards the fair it started to get more. There was more spots being marked and claimed. And then the week of the fair showed up and tents started going up. All these different tents were coming up. And then I thought, okay, it's gonna get worse again. <clears throat> and as the midweek of the fair came, vehicles started showing up and people started leaving their vehicles along the road <laughs> and and by the time Friday of the fair, there was like no place to mark a spot. And I thought, this is this is interesting. And I thought, okay, well, you know, people enjoy it. And it shows their commitment to the parade. But if you were a spectator of the parade on Saturday, kind of seems like they let everybody in the parade not to be rude about it at the same time but it was a long parade four hours about a little too much um and i feel like it could have been organized in a smaller capacity um it wasn't an election year so all of the politicians weren't part of the parade um but of course they'll be back soon so you know it's it's a very interesting time and I, and I just kept thinking, like, this is forever. This parade is too long. So um, kind of just let it 
let let it be. <laughs> but I hope we can improve it for next year. We say that every year, like we're going to do better next year. Odds are, yeah. So um, the per the fair Naval Nation fair. Um, as the week started, as the days were getting closer to the fair week, you know, I observed social media and what people have to say. And there was a lot of like, <clears throat> once those prices of the fair got posted, everybody went crazy. It was expensive. It cost too much. And I just like, okay, yeah, yeah, things cost a lot. And um, we're in that crunch where the economy's odd and we're still recovering from a pandemic and we're still dependent on assistance and there's no jobs so there's all these different things that that equivalent to the issues of paying fees and and whatnot and so that was the number one complaint is this cost this much this cost this much and then of course there was the automatic assumptions of embezzlement that's always a thing in government that's always a thing on navajo that's the first conclusion is that they're good they're just taking the money for themselves so i just it just watch and I used to be one of those people that complained a lot but um my energies changed over the decade I guess you call it growing up in a way um and opening up my mind and analyzing things a little bit differently but um the other complaint was the traffic that's a given it's the only major highway through Winderock so if you don't want to go through the traffic then you need to find an alternative route which goes back to my point of being ready. So if you want to be ready for the fair and you want to avoid it, plan your routes differently for the fair. The other one is the weather. We can't predict that. The dust, the crowds, the amount of people that came out. Um, things changed every day. Like there was a plan and then it kind of went this way instead. So this year's fair was, it, it's a very interesting and I, after the fact, I started to kind of comment on some people's um, disagreements with the fair, um, only to the point of, of, of stating that um, this fair will always be like this. It will always be difficult to do things like pave the parking lots, like, um, you know, the most important thing is ADA handicap accessible routes. That's like a priority that never gets done upgrades to the whole thing the arenas the grandstands the facilities themselves there's no coolers there's no nothing like that i felt so bad for the artists that were selling at the fairgrounds in the metal building or it used to be called gorman hall and i kept thinking that too like these buildings were dedicated to certain people gorman hall nakai hall you know guy gorman one of our predominant leaders of Navajo, and this is the building we dedicate to him. It's kind of embarrassing, and I would and I would think we would have a better respect for people who have done good for our nation, especially in the very beginning of our government. So I, you know, I I, I think that way, and I'm like, this needs to change. I'm one of those, yeah, this needs to change. You know, the food pavilion is a is a mess now and the plumbing's bad and there's just so many issues there. But I made a comment on on a post because um, the individual had stated that 
all this money and what has it what does it do every year you know you brought megadeth you brought um ashanti my maya ashanti she showed up and ja rule I'll, I'll talk about that later um so people bought tickets the arena filled up um a lot of people just showed up because there was there was a good venue of entertainers at this year's fair <clears throat> and of course people are like well how come it doesn't improve how much money did they make and so it's a government-run organization it's under the Navo nation so the fair office right now sits under the department of agriculture it used to sit under the department of parks and recreation so the department of agriculture sits under a bigger umbrella which is the division of natural resources Division of Natural Resources reports to the Navajo Nation president. The Division of Natural Resources also reports to the Resources and Development Committee under the Navajo Nation Council. So there's a um, there's a hierarchy of authority that goes all the way up to the RDC committee as well as to the Navajo Nation president, the chief of staff, and what have you. But the the money is government money. The money is divided up between the comprehensive budget and it's given to the department to run a fair. And then of course, um, some of the expenses are expensed through the nation, but they bring, they've been bringing on an outside contractor to handle the expenses so that payout happens a lot faster, but it's, it hasn't improved the infrastructure whatsoever. And so my comment was, you know, and sponsors sponsored a lot of money. You know, you had 80 grand sponsorships go into this fair. You had other expenses to pay for things like saddles. You paid for, you know, additional tickets for employees. You did all those things to, to, to satisfy the expenses of the fair, the payouts, what have you. But of course, you'd never have enough to invest in infrastructure. And so the, you know, the fair manager resigned a couple weeks before the fair. So that fell apart. They brought in someone else to take things last minute, who's already been working there and has been, knows the process. But, you know, you go through the procurement with the nation, which is through the 164 process. It's a long process, no matter how much you try to streamline it, it's, it's a long process. And if you take this office outside of the government, remove it altogether and make an independent agency, it can function the way we want it to be like a fair. It can run as a, a for-profit organization, a nonprofit. It can receive money from the nation through allotments of, of funds. If there's money in the budget to do so, <clears throat> the employment, everything will happen under this outside entity to, to manage the fair. And of course, starting now with sponsorships and donations and contributions from from donors into this organization, setting aside different pools for infrastructure improvement funds to the experience funds, to the employment funds, to the contestant payout monies in each area. And mind you, this year's fair was dedicated to the creativity of artists, but there was nothing based off of that with all due respects again. 
So I feel like it's just put together to happen and let's get it done. And then once Sundays of the fair is done and everything's over, we've done our job. So Monday, let's recover and then let's start all over again. It needs to change at some point. And it only will happen if it's removed from the Navajo government itself. That's that's my professional opinion from what I've seen and experienced from this. It doesn't help that it stays under this because you're running these employees who are used to an eight to five job, Monday through Friday, the governmental structure of doing things and wanting them to do things in the entertainment venue mindset outside of that. It's hard to retrain people to get into that mindset because people get tired and you you can bring on more people. You can hire all these temporaries last minute to step in, but they're not part of the experience from when things are created from the beginning all the way to when the event is produced. It's a whole different ball game when you get to that point. So there's a, there's a lot of, you know, heavy conversations that need to happen to improve the fare. So I just want to talk about that real quick. Um, again, um, kudos, big kudos to everyone that made it happen. It wouldn't have happened if you weren't there to make it happen. And that was the best thing that happened. Of course, we always lose cell phone service. I didn't get anything until I would get on Wi-Fi. That will always be an issue. So how do we fix the infrastructure to provide cellular data to everybody? Everyone shows up during the fair, so that always will happen. Um, <laughs> we're, we're in a post-pandemic time now, and the pandemic pushed us into increasing our infrastructures, but we've done a, a very poor job at trying to adapt to that. And those are steps we need to take to get feasible doing such things as a fair for a tribe. Anyway um what else happened um i attended the miss navajo butchering and that was monday of the fair um that was on labor day and that happened on september 4th i'm sorry september 9th and the i'm sorry september 11th was it no the fourth the fourth was Labor Day, and it was the Miss Navajo Butchering event. There was only two contestants that ran for the title, and I uh, got, got was able to sit up front with my family and got picked on by the MC, aka my my Shijah, Mr. Zane James. Um, and it was interesting to watch, and I I don't think my mom. Or my Che, my dad haven't have been to the butchering in a while. I haven't either. It's kind of the first time again. My mom used to run the butchering. She used to coordinate the the butchering back when Carletta Chief was Miss Navajo. Victoria Yazzie was Miss Navajo. Um, that's when my mom used to coordinate the butchering. And um, she just couldn't get over it. I kept looking at her expressions because. Um, Again, this is with all due respects of how how this event took place. And mind you, butchering's part of our everyday way of life here on Navajo. And it, it felt more like a slaughtering compared to a, a butchering. I say that with all due respects because um, there's now a timing. There's now a time. You have 60 minutes to get this done. 
and everybody, the two contestants, raced to it. You saw them <clears throat> with an axe. You saw them with a saw. You know, just ripping apart the the sheep. And um, I just kept thinking, like, I'm I'm not a I haven't butchered in a while myself, and I just felt disrespected for the sheep, the animal that we pray to, that we use as part of our prayer, you know. Is it class A and the bed class A and client class A? It's a very different time now. It's and I and I after we watched the event, I asked them, we went to Quality Inn and I asked them, I said, What did you think? And that's when it started. My dad can really butcher, and so he was like, I probably wouldn't have done it like that. Um, it was very hard for them to keep a poker face when we were watching because, um, you know, and I, and I get it. You know, they're young, they're contestants, they're they're learning, and um, they're in front of a crowd. They're on social media, they're on a live stream, but the crowd really did its job to progress them, to motivate them, whether it was good or bad. Every time they took apart uh, a leg or a rib, everyone screamed and yelled, and they were excited because one of them was ahead of the other and then the other one got back ahead and it went back to so it was a race it turned into a race and um back in the day it was never like that it was always it took a whole the event took a day and there was no timing it was done on how well you you did this what you knew and your technique to accomplish this and I, and I thought that was very interesting because I, I listened to my mom and I listened to my Che talk about it. And, and all, all my mom kept saying was, You're, you raise these animals because we raise sheep. You raise them knowing that they're probably going to come to this point to provide a meal for somebody. And you invest in them, you feed them, you give them water, you graze them, you take care of them, you make sure they're safe in, in your hands. And when it comes to a time when you're going to release them to somebody who wants one, or whether you're going to, you know, do it yourself <clears throat> to, to butcher them, you take a piece of their hair and you you wipe it all over yourself to cleanse the relationship in hopes that this will provide a good meal for whoever takes it, whether it's for you or for someone else, and that every piece of it will be used in a respectful manner and that it will be... Um, its life will be taken in a respectful manner and it will be prepared in that manner. And to kind of see what we've made this competition more of a race um, is a little, you know, it, you question that a lot. We're in a different time now. We're in a social media time. We're in a, a time when everything gets streamed online and 
it's like life's a race. And I thought, huh, that is very, very, very interesting. And where is the process in that? You take time to invest in everything that you do. So I don't think we should be rushing them to see who's the fastest one to butcher and slaughter a sheep as compared to respectfully removing every piece of it and being thankful for for this opportunity to you know have a meal or in in other cases for to be a contestant from a snavajo so that's something that should probably be changed um just because of you know respecting where we came from who we are and the animals that take care of us <clears throat> and so um that was a, a interesting time to watch and to see that um and of course the overall experience of the fair um needs a lot of improvement and we hosted vendors throughout the whole weekend they were free uh, other people charged um, they charged at the fairgrounds but i will always stand on the conversation that we're still in, an, in a recovery we still need to help um, this is one less thing you have to worry about it's paying for a fee you know at this level and i just feel like um that's the benefit to our our main economy which is our entrepreneurs our small businesses and our artisans they're the backbone of the navajo economy that's been in, in existence since our existence here as Balashtlai. so those are just some of the things um from the fair uh, i'm going to end this episode with um, some recordings that i got from a number of folks and i asked them the question what's your favorite thing about the fair um so i don't want to forget that as well and i just want to say thank you very much to everybody for listening um on this long-awaited podcast episode number 13. um today again is september 23rd i will promise to stay on track i'll share with you a next episode coming up soon which will be episode 14. that is based off of um my recent residency as well as some other things that have happened in my life. So I just want to say thank you very much for staying dedicated to me and being patient to me and take care of yourselves. Have a beautiful day, a wonderful week and productive week and always be ready. What do you like about Nova Nation Fair? The food. The rodeo. Being with family when they come and visit and be just being with them. To start with, everything. Uh, mainly the food. You get to have a bunch of food that everyone prepares. Uh, you get to see all the jewelry. You get to see everyone's hard work and all their ideas in one spot. It's. Uh, I like to say Native Americans have so much imagination. And for them to put that into their work and be able to see it is just so amazing and beautiful. The thing I like most about the Navajo Nation Fair is that it does bring all of us together and centralize in one 
specific area to celebrate each other and bring us home. Those of us living off the reservation and living on the reservation, we get to see distant relatives and build that relationship again to see each other and participate in something good for the Navajo Nation because this is where we all originate from. So coming back to Dinetka and back to Navajo country, it always helps us keep, keep us focused and centered on life. So it really balances us. Thank you very much again for listening in on this podcast. Please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests, and they do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy in regards to JT Woolley. While we make every effort to provide accurate and up-to-date information, the content of this podcast may not always reflect the most current news, developments, or those of everyone's belief or background. Ahihat.